0: Like, nobody ever talks about how do we do product management better. You know, it is the role of a product leader to do that. But, you know, given the four jobs of a product leader, at least in my opinion, um, so the four jobs of product leaders people management, um, leadership management, strategy mm-hmm. in general, and how do we do product management? And that last one always falls by the wayside. You never have enough time for it. You never have enough time to dedicate to it to do that change management. And this is why I believe product ops exist. Um, I agree. So, all of that put together means that we never have time to think about how do we do things better.
1: Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello, everybody. Grant Hunter here with another product growth leader conversation. Uh, Steve, as we talk about product management, we talk as a strategic role, right? The strategic and business role of product management. One of the key factors, some people use the word glue. I hate the word glue, right? But one of the key Mm -hmm. factors is that product management is one of the only, is the only function, maybe outside of HR, that Mm -hmm. touches the entire organization from strategy all the way down to execution. Uh, and in that role, you know, I like, I've been using the word empower lately. Mm-hmm. And it, I, maybe it's something that's, you know, a word that people didn't like, uh, but isn't product management an empowerment role? I mean, are we some, Are we're trying to help everybody else do their jobs better.
2: I've always thought so. I mean, it's like um, it, even empowering the executives. It's like, okay, so you had this idea because you read a magazine and they had something cool in there about ChatGPT or iCloud or or uh, um, blockchain, and you have this idea. Well, okay, great. Let me take the idea and flesh it out and make sure there's you know market validation for it and there's a business rationale to pursue it and in effect, I'm, I'm empowering the executive team to make a good decision. Likewise, you know, I understand personas and problems. And I sit down with my developers and I say, here's the problem we're trying to solve. Let me empower you with that context so that you can solve problems well. Likewise with marketing, you know, sales is having this difficulty. Um, how can we better support the sales team? And it's not Supporting them one at a time, it's empowering marketing to build things that move all salespeople forward. So I've always thought of product management as very much an empowering role.
1: And so this week uh, we decided to ask, talk about empowering the organization. Uh, and our first question, the question, our question on Monday was: How can product management best succeed at empowering the organization? Uh, and you know, holiday week in the United States uh so we it was one of our lower uh, turnout weeks in the community uh or that we're, or the topic just was not something we wanted to do eva beasley came in pretty quickly and she better because i had dinner with her the night before i put it out so she she owed me <laughs> answering the question uh don't just go with what's popular today think about the future and don't focus on fads. and i think that's one of the places where product management really can come in is everybody's asking about oh what are we doing with generative ai what can we do with this type of stuff Product management's job is to empower people with that, as you said, context around the problem and the persona and the market segment, not on the technology of where we can do it. So she also said, uh, allow everyone to have a voice, be vulnerable, which I love and be kind. And so great way for us, you know, on those soft skills for how we can help empower people the right way. May you started with, you know, how do we want to work together? And I think that's a critical way to look at it because Every every organization is different, every person in your organization is different, and different functions are going to want to be empowered differently. So instead of us pushing what we think people want on them, we should be asking them how do we want to work together.
0: So it's it's not even just that, right? Like we feel... Like, so so in our roles of product, as product managers, we have to talk to everyone, we have to work with everyone. Um, and in essence, the services that we provide as product managers to our internal teams is a product in and of itself, right? Um, and if we consider um, our internal stakeholders as somewhat like a customer in this specific, very specific context, um, We also need to think about what do our customers need from us, right? So in conversations with people, we we generally tend to have an idea of what would work well. Um, But really, if you're working in a small enough team and this team is going to continue working together for a little while, a very healthy conversation to have is how do we want to work together? Right. What do you actually do? What are you actually good at? Mm-hmm. What do you need mm-hmm. from me? And what do I need from you? And having that conversation like, gets rid of a lot of conflicts because like we all make assumptions that are like, OK, well, development needs these PRDs and therefore we're going to write these requirements and then they pick it up and they build the thing and I don't like it. And like design is nowhere in this picture. But what if we just sit down and like, let's have a conversation about how we want to work together. Um, And and that actually, in my opinion, is how we best empower both ourselves because we tell people what we need as opposed to like assuming, having others assume what we need. Um, And we don't assume what other people need, right? Um, So I, I think it's really important to have these conversations because it's where teams start. It's where teams start feeling like they have the power to say something, to give input, to give feedback. And like, if you don't start with how do we want to work together, your retros probably aren't going to do anything. Your retros are going to be more people complaining. Whereas if you start with how do we want to work together, your retros are, oh hey, here's what we learned. Let's let's adapt to our new learnings. Let's like try something new, right? Because you've built it together.
1: No, completely. I. I... Gosh, about 10 years ago, I was working with a client uh, and they were having, a, a, you know, product management was just a nascent organization and growing up and they were having a lot of friction with development and I was brought in and I'm like, hey, let's, let's sit down and talk about this. And I didn't, I, I love the, you know, you had in quotes, how do we want to work together? That's basically what we did. And I said, okay, here is a persona, right? That we want to use for you guys what's good, what's bad, what do you like, right? And let's together build a persona that you find valuable. So we can say, here's what good looks like, right? Or a problem story, right? And then then we said, okay, if we now know what good looks like and have some examples of what good looks like, talk to me, if if a sprint starts on day zero, how many days in advance do you wanna see this and review this so you can ask questions, right? how do we set all those expectations in may I'll, I, you know again i love the the how do we want to work together because it, it, that's really what it is and that's what collaboration's about
0: isn't it sometimes the pm's will come to me and say i'm having this problem and i said have you thought about like sitting down in a one on one with that person and asking them how do you want to work together and every time they do that somehow their problems eventually vanish. Like or they get better over time, right? There are going to be cases where this is not the right path because like either there's a power imbalance or there's a misalignment in expectations or whatever. But like most of the time this is this will work. Um, especially if you're talking to someone who's open to having that dialogue.
1: And and this is me maybe putting some of my own bias in I think definitely with sort of our peer functions and even then downstream functions, design, development, marketing, uh, you know, even sales, right? I, I, you know, some of my biggest battles with sales were like, what do you want and need? How do we make it better for you, right? The place where I struggle with this is sometimes senior leadership because they they struggle with this concept of <laughs> collaboration, maybe, right? They 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 don't want to work on you know how often have I seen people say okay you need to get agreement on strategy what the strategy is so it can guide us and you try to talk with them about it and they're like oh that's not no we don't want to you know so yes yes and yes uh, awesome mate thank you so much uh, Marco
3: I'd love to get your take on this I mean yeah I, I would say there's a very fine line between micromanagement and hands off management. And I've been on the receiving end of both spectrums, I would say, um, organizations where, and I'm going to satisfy some stereotypes here, so please forgive me, um, where the, the upper management was comprised of people coming from engineering. They were engineering leads before, and they were very much used to uh, setting very, very clear guide, well, wouldn't even say guidelines, instructions of what they want on the strategic side Um, and they kind of brought that with them as they moved up the the leadership ladder and they applied that and also this this in some cases micromanagement to the rest of the organization so they they didn't really look at the strategic side nearly as much let alone the business side and wanted to get the product out the door so there was a very different focus the other side of course was leaders coming more from the business and sales side and caring more about the bottom line and not really caring how you get there. And it ended up being this juxtaposition between, on the one hand, just make it so, hand-waving kind of management, and then the, no, you work on this project or this product right now until this time, and I want it done at this at this time. Kind of like the, the Pandora um, uh, example, right? Where it's it's all about features. It's a feature-driven organization. At the end of the day, there's no real product. There's no strategy, no mission, no vision. And finding that happy medium is tough because I haven't seen, a, at least not in my personal experience, that were led by product managers. People who kind of have to be the spider in the middle of the net and connect to everything and have to kind of connect these dots and understand how things actually relate to each other. Why are we building it? You know, for who are we building it? What is it? You know, How does it align with our goals? I mean, that by by itself, that alignment to goals is so difficult. I know it's, it's the stuff that everybody hates doing because it's complex, it's risky, it's something that is in some cases abstract. So trying to set those kind of higher goals and please take this, break it down to your level, break it down to your departments. And let's constantly just reiterate, not so much on what have you done today, or have you done project X by tomorrow, rather than um, are we still aligned? Are we going in the same direction? Are we doing the right thing? Are we getting closer to reaching that goal? So to some degree, it's the same the same discussion that, that we've also been having about roadmaps versus release plans. <laughs> you know, are you just building and uh, 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 feeding the beast and creating output? Or do you have something that you can, like a roadmap, a goal, a, a an outcome that you're trying to achieve further down the line? And in order to get that, you need to break down these milestones. You need to see um, whether you're still on the right track. So it's it's more the, I would say, the alignment on, on uh, direction that is more important than the alignment on the current status of, have you just finished your your assignment, so to speak? And I think leaders could learn a lot more about um, reducing ambiguity, making the rest of the team understand where we're going, why we're going there, why does it make sense and what everybody can contribute to it and then let them figure out based on their skill sets and their responsibilities, what can they actually do to move the needle closer towards that direction
1: in in that last sentence of yours or phrase, uh, paragraph uh, that is exactly where my head was when i used the word empowerment right our job is to uh, is to push decisions to push everything down to the as far out as possible, right? To the people who are closest to the customer and user and let them do that, empower them to do that. So, oh my God, Marco, so many things in my head. But First, I was having a conversation with a CPO this morning who's in uh, the product council we we facilitate for Outsell, uh, leading research and analyst firm uh, in the public publishing information content and data world. And he said the exact same thing. Part of the problem is most company leaders are coming from sales or engineering or finance there's not a ton who come from product. And maybe his aspiration was in a world where product is better understood, eventually more product management, people will move into that position and, and enable the organization better to empower. So resonated there, but also you know, John Cutler had a tweet earlier uh, about measuring productivity. Uh, and you know uh, a couple of people who I, I really like had put some comments on it. And I'm like, I, I, I responded to it and I said, gosh, my view, my experience is the biggest productivity, somebody had talked about, you just have to hire good talent. I'm like, no, I've seen great talent be wasted by a lack of strategy and lack of alignment, right? And so, so many things in my head, Mark, of, wow. I, 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 but it all comes down to that strategic alignment, right? You have to have a strategy
3: and you have to be aligned. Exactly, exactly. exactly. And people need to have understand- a that's the most important thing, because I've seen it also that, that leaders set a, a strategy, a, a vision, and very often it's not really understood. People don't really know why we're going down that direction, right? I mean, sometimes it feels like it's a blind leading the blind or it's a lemmings. You just keep going, right? And you don't know why. It Does it make sense? I don't know. I'm just doing my job, Right. No, I, I get it. And and May
1: just put in the chat Grant and strategy checking off the box for PGL Friday bingo. But Steve, you're the one who said a few months ago, you get it now. It all comes back to strategy. That's just me.
2: I don't know that I said that. I think one time I said, <laughs> this is the one time I agree with Grant on strategy. <laughs> I think is what I said. <laughs> But you I'll know, go back I, and
1: look at the tapes. I'll go look at the tapes. But- all
2: right, go go back and watch the film. Sure. Um, I'm remembering uh, the first product management role I had. I had come in through sales, and I was pretty intimidated by sitting down with engineers and having technical speak. You know, they were going to say, you know do do we want to d- implement this as single tenant or multi tenant? And I'm, I have no idea what they're talking about. And I said, uh, I'd like to do well here. You know, how can I be a helpful, you know, uh, uh, participant in this process? And I was so delighted that they said, "Tell us about the market." And I'm like, "Oh, I know about that, right? I mean, tell us about pers- uh, personas and problems and market and what are your goals for the product? You know, what is your strategy for the product? A lot of the things that we've talked about here today." Um, and <clears throat> I mean this in a loving, giving, embracing way. I've never had that kind of a conversation with salespeople. Um, I think it, it seems to me that many salespeople um, see themselves as the only salesperson. And they have a really hard time seeing that we're looking at the needs of 1,000 salespeople and 100,000 customers, and one deal is not a strategy. Right. Um, and yet in, in my work with sales, I have certainly found there are lots of ways that we can empower them in an in equals many sort of way. Instead of calling their customer for them or reading something to them aloud from Salesforce because they can't figure out how to find it, um, actually creating materials that that are helpful. I mean, that's how I got into product management in the first place. I mean, I was uh, empowering the sales team with better sales tools than they were getting from marketing. And the VP of marketing called and said, hey, quit doing all that marketing, uh, or come over here and join marketing, which is what I ultimately did.
1: And it's interesting, you know, as we think about it, and and I agree that I've had more of those good collaborations with engineering or development than I have with sales I've had some good ones with marketing Uh, as as I said earlier I've struggled at times with leadership Uh, Mm -hmm. it's not as much of a two-way street there sometimes it's more of a one-way street right uh, even when it needs to be a two-way street I have been in places with sales where sales has been thrashing in the market because there's been no clear strategy and no clear understanding you know they're trying to sell ice to Eskimos trying to sell you know you know, everything right there. You know, it's the whole ocean. i pretty ocean, sure we
2: right? can't yeah. say that one anymore. Okay. Uh, selling ketchup to, to people wearing white clothing. Right.
1: Yes, yeah, so we will go with that one, but you know, the concept I had was they hadn't been getting any help or support because of there was mm-hmm. a lack of strategy. Mm-hmm. So when I came in, I actually spent six months focusing on helping them. Right, mm-hmm. giving them qualification questions, better targeting information, because that was a, a quick win for me. That was a quick mm-hmm. win for them and built some.
2: Yeah, a lot of management. sales enablement type stuff is a very quick win for a new product manager.
1: Yeah,
2: um, it it instantly reduces a lot of the friction uh, and a lot of the you know one-off requests that we get from salespeople by saying, hey, here's have a playbook, right? And I remember my my daughter took a job in sales and she came home the first day and I said, how did it go? And she's like, you wouldn't believe it. They handed me the yellow pages and said, here's your CRM. Here are your leads. Yeah. Right. And then she said, well, what products do we sell? And they said, well, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff on the shared drive. And so she and I spent the weekend putting together a sales enablement toolkit. It's like, here are your products. Here's the compelling reason to buy here's the kind of people we're shopping with you know uh who are shopping with us and so forth we built this whole book out she came in on monday and was just using it you know and somebody came over and said hey what is that and where did you get it and she's like oh my dad and i put this together this weekend and they said can i have a copy and she foolishly said yes she should have said for five thousand dollars or ten percent of your revenue or something else but she was she's kind and so before you know it, you know, sales skyrocketed in this organization because there was some, if you will, strategy mm-hmm. to what is it, who is it for, why would they want it?
1: Uh, it's simple, right? Those, those, mm-hmm. those, those couple questions. And I, you know, I, I was thinking about this when Marco was talking, Steve, we talk about three key things that have to happen to have to get product success on purpose, you know, clarity of roles. Well, that's one way to empower the organization. Let's get some clarity of role. A, mm-hmm. make sure people know who product management is and what we do and the value we can create, but also how do we do handoffs? Where are the clarity and roles there? Uh, mm-hmm. Consistent playbook, mm-hmm. right? Let's collaborate Then, like May said, on how, how do we work together? What do you want? What's good look like? In strategic alignment, right? I think, it, you know, it, all those three things help us get products to some purpose because it helps us empower the organization. May, you you know got a quizzical look on your statement. face.
0: I don't I don't know if I okay. agree with that statement. Um so here's the thing about the word handoff, right? It is very much I have performed this task, and now it's your turn to perform that task. And there is no structure. Oh sorry, there is a lot of structure actually. It's it's literally a process, right? But there is no discussion of like what does this actually mean. Um, there, like, and usually, if there is a handoff, it is expected that this is the way it's gonna go forever. Like, sure, you might have a retro, but like, there is still very much that distinct definition around this is what's expected, and that's really hard to change. So, I think that anytime you start. Thinking about something, anything Literally anything as a handoff You're like, do we need to talk About this? Because it's dangerous Like it's really, really Dangerous to have a handoff Unless if it's literally A um, An assembly line, right? An right. assembly line, it makes sense because like It's very complex And it's like, I do this And then the exact specs of the thing I output needs to be perfect And the you need that two spec um, when you pick it up but, but we're you not know talking about that there's here, a though.
2: difference between a handoff and throwing it over the wall and running mm-hmm. away laughing gleefully right <laughs> uh I, I i ran track in school but i ran long distance uh but i had friends who ran relay and what they practiced was handoffs
1: running together for 10 yards meters and, and 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 May and Marco, I want to say, is there a better word, right? Because it's really a collaboration zone, right? Where, where we bring them upstream, and if I'm thinking of development, like we bring them upstream into some, the tail end of our discovery, so they're getting the context, but we stick around to help them even once the quote-unquote control has.
2: But it's not like I'm just going to fill out a JIRA ticket and walk away laughing, right? But it's you need a conversation.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not so talking about may- development, though, because okay, like every single time we talk about, like, empowering the organization, it's almost always limiting to design and engineering.
2: Hmm. Good point.
0: Right? Um, yeah, when, right. Whenever we think about the word handoff, it's rarely about design and engineering anymore, especially if you're doing things a little better. Um, it's almost always about sales. It's almost always about marketing. And even more so, success and support. Yeah. Right. And what about the rest of the organization that nobody mm-hmm. ever thinks about? So, like, I think that's where we really need to start considering. It's like we're doing all of this around empowerment with development and design, but that's not the whole product.
1: No. <laughs> right. So, so right, right. I completely agree. And then, then we talked about the organization. That's what we mean. But to your point, you know, in our conversations here and elsewhere we often are very centric on uh, the development design handoff maybe marketing and sales a little but more marketing than sales perhaps but there is the entire organization we need to do this with and we 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 struggle with it is there a better word than handoff I'm I'm open to new lexicon
3: yeah I I think so so I mean as a non-native English speaker I do get hung up on the semantics and handoff is something that sounds very terminal to me right? It's, it's, it sounds like, okay, I'm done, you're next, fire and forget. And what I prefer is something that is that, that initiates something, right? And that would be more like a kickoff. And the kickoff would be for a project where everybody gets together, or you can mm-hmm. do it in, in, you know, multiple meetings where everybody kind of gets sworn in on what are we trying to achieve? What is the strategy? What's the goal? How do we get there? Who's even the RASI, i mean who's going to be involved who's who's responsible what are the action items and so forth and beyond that i mean same thing there the kickoff is also not something you just do once in the beginning and then it's go off you're empowered have Mm -hmm. fun Uh, there needs to be check-ins as well and check-ins is not something where um you know there's somebody with drums in the back and you know gives the tact and then checks in as if everybody performs correctly. It's rather than a, um, not not a status report. It's literally like a check-in. It's like, hey, how's everybody doing? Is everything okay? Uh, Do you have questions? Can we clarify something? These things are ongoing and specifically, they need to be cross-departmental and they need Mm -hmm. to give everybody a voice. I mean, I do the same thing, even in my case, uh, where at this point in my check-ins for a specific enabling technology, I pull in product marketing, I pull in developer relations, I pull in development, I pull in sales, um, so the sales force, so everybody's represented. And then we talk, in this case, if it's not a, a specific project that got kicked off, we talk about current, let's call it happenings, where are we right now? Did you see any issue? Should we talk about this? Maybe somebody who's not from that particular department can think outside the box a little bit, bring a different perspective into the conversation. So again, I would say kickoff is the better term because it starts something and then check-ins are the things that follow until you, and I haven't found an appropriate word for that yet, something that is like close to release where you just go in and say, okay, you know, are we good? Should we proceed?
1: Uh, and I'm thinking even post-release, we need to have those meetings too, because now we're getting then the feedback from the market in the terms of leads and sales and, and bugs or whatever it may be. And we should be ch- keeping those cadence and, and I've heard some people call them cadence calls, right? It's like, we're taking a cadence and maybe you know, I was working with one client on launch plans. I'm like the cadence meetings probably are the further away from launch. They are, they're not as frequent. And the closer you get to launch, the more frequent they get. Uh, but I, you know, the sort of brutalness of a handoff being terminal, I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to do my best to, to, to wipe that word from my vocabulary when we're talking to this stuff, because I completely and totally agree. Uh,
2: you know, in in when Marco was saying that, I I had a a, a recollection. I've lately been talking about product manager as uh, similar to an orchestra director or a conductor. And and the 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 insight that I just had based on what Marco was saying was, you know what, orchestras practice. Mm-hmm. No audience, right? They get together and they have check-ins or they have kickoffs or they have uh some sort of you know uh well let's stick with check-in I don't have the sheet music for this part oh really well how did how did that happen let's get you some sheet music right um the orchestra director doesn't try to teach everyone how to play their instrument they already know how to play their instrument or they should right um and And I just, I'm reflecting on, with the exception of development, I have never practiced working with people. I've always been thrown into actually working with them, but I have had, as you have, uh, story writing workshops. You know, let's write stories together until we can ensure that communication has taken place, as opposed to, you know, as May pointed out, with sales, I typically come in and say, okay, here's the answer, shut your yap, you know, I mean, here's the roadmap, I don't want to hear what you want on the roadmap, because this is it, you know, I mean, I haven't actually, I don't even know how you would practice working better relationships with sales or marketing or finance or support. May, do you want to weigh in on that? It's
0: not a matter of practicing, I think, Half the time, okay. So, I have met PMs who didn't know what success did.
1: That
2: didn't
0: want know what
1: customer success did. Yep. Ah. Okay. I,
0: I have met PMs who've never talked to a marketer. I have met PMs who have done a lot of things that are scary. And it's about, I think, the most important thing that a PM needs to do is understand the organization in which you exist. Um, It's not necessarily the whole company, because at a certain size, it just doesn't make sense. Um, Mm. But like, who are the people who has an impact on the performance of your product? Right, Because you need to understand Mm -hmm. the whole product. So who are these people? And then go talk to them. Like mm-hmm. maybe even like ask them how do we want to work together? But like mm-hmm. it's 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 scary when you find out people don't know who someone else is and it's like And what value person... they bring. Yeah. It's like what do you mean you've never talked to like the head of operations for um your specific segment? And they're like, mm-hmm. I didn't know this person existed. so well you're booking a meeting with them this week (laughs) yeah
2: one more delightful failure of onboarding don't you think
1: yeah i I mean i i marketing sales you know do a positioning exercise with them right we've done that with some of our clients where we did a case study positioning exercise or we did the real thing for a product release and it gets the muscles moving but i think you know maybe to may's point maybe i was assuming this and it wasn't her point we can do this ongoing, right? And we can get better and learn and, you know, do it. What worked well? What did do our retrospective? What worked well? What didn't? How are we going to change it? And each time we do it, we learn and we practice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a place uh, where we can get to it.
2: Uh, and let me remind you of one of my favorite quotes that is kind of atypical for me because it's not cynical. Um, friends build products. Enemies build documents.
1: Yeah. And be, the better we understand how we want to work together, the more that's a friendship than it is a right? Uh, whatever. Uh, our poll this week, we asked what function does product management traditionally do the worst job in empowering and enabling? Uh, and John Krog came out right away and said marketing. Uh, and from his experience in enterprise sales, he's like, there's so much stuff we put into a release that may be technical debt, maybe a, a customer problem allows the technology or delivery team to do something cool. And often we just hand these off, you know, in the, in the, what we were talking in the bad way, handoff, just dump it on somebody in marketing's plate to let them go do with it. So I can see, you know, from what we've been talking about, I, 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 I can see that may, may actually, for the first time ever, got me to vote for Other It Depends. and (laughs) may said she had to sleep on it and you said product management and i just it blew my mind talk to me about what you thought about and got to that
0: i feel like i was cheating a little bit um but generally speaking the the role of product ops exists because product managers are bad at empowering product managers like everything that you talk about so i i run a product event and every time someone books a session they're like we should have one that talks about how we deal with stake- stakeholders or you know you book a session on uh, product road mapping they're like well how do we sell the roadmap to our stakeholders and it's always about what can we do for other people but it's never what can we do for ourselves Right? Um, and if we're not looking inwards, how do we get better as product managers, um, especially within the context of your company? Because a lot of people you know, show up to these events to learn to do their job better, but it's almost always to learn to do their job better for the purpose of everyone else in their organization. Um, and so I think we do spend a lot of time thinking about sales. We do spend a lot of time thinking about marketing. Um, Maybe we don't do a good job at it, (laughs) maybe we don't do a good job at empowering our developers, but like we talk about it. There's a lot of resources within the context of an organization spent on doing that, but like nobody ever talks about how do we do product management better? You know, it is the role of a product leader to do that. But you know, given the four jobs of a product leader, at least in my opinion, um, so the four jobs of a product leaders: people management, um, leadership, management, strategy in general, and how do we do product management? And that last one always falls by the wayside. You never have enough time for it. You never have enough time to dedicate to it to do that change management. And this is why I believe product ops exists. Um, I agree. So all of that put together means that we never have time to think about how do we do things better.
2: And that's one of the main insights I get every time we do one of our classes is someone will say, this is the first time we have ever gotten together to talk about how we work. And the reality is product managers don't typically work with other product managers. They work with sales, they work with marketing, they work with development, they work with support, they work with services, they work with success. But um, it's fascinating when we get on these calls and talk about, okay, let's talk about how we do our work better. And they're like, this is amazing. I've never had this conversation before. Another failure of onboarding.
1: Oh, And I think a failure of product leadership, and we'll get to that in another week uh but you know uh, it blew me away because you know you're dead on may it, we we spend all this time uh serving other people uh but not serving yourself and you know those self help books tell you that until you love yourself you can't love anybody else right i yes yes and yes i, I voted other it depends, and I, I'm 100% on board with you on this. Uh, but don't
0: get me wrong on that though. Like, it's so important that we continue to focus our role in serving all the other teams, because that's what that's what a product manager is.
1: But 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 this is where do we do the worst job? And you are, I believe, I I I, I voted other. It depends, which I never do.
3: Uh, Marco, how would you vote, or have you voted? since we started? No, I, I didn't vote. Um, I mean, from the get-go, just off the bat, I would have said go to market. That's the so thing.
1: Marketing or, marketing or sales?
3: Well, I mean, yeah, sort of, but it's a little bit more than that. I mean, go to market also takes the strategy into account, right? Yeah. What's the value? Why do we even do this? And how do we present this value to the market? How, how do we make people buy this stuff? And you have to have this information from the get-go. It's not, some, it's not an afterthought. Yeah. But very often it's treated like this. Hey, we've built this cool thing. Now, who do we sell it to? And that's that's something that a lot of product managers just don't do. But now that I've heard what, what uh, May has to say, I do have to agree. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that we assume that somebody who has the product management title is a product manager. And very often that's not the case. And I see this over and over and over again. Somebody has this title. And when you talk to them about some very basic concepts of product management, they've never heard of it. They don't know how to deal with certain things. They still get hung up on one of these disciplines, either the marketing side or the development side or something else. And I I think part of that also has to do with this this versatility of this role. The fact that you kind of have to understand all these different areas and you have to bring them together and make sense of it and explain it to people in layman's terms. And unless you're able to do that, and you're only able to do that if you upskill on a constant, constant basis, and even things like conversations like these, this is part of the learning function that a product manager just absolutely has to do. Keep reading up on things, keep talking to people, keep learning new things and practice them. And most product managers just don't. They may have, if they're lucky, have gone through a course, read a book, and then they think, okay, great, now I can apply this to everything. And it's not the case. You know, very often, I mean, organizations are so vastly different. Every single organization I've been in has, been, has seen product management and the role in almost completely contrasting ways. And I yeah. could not take what I've learned in one organization and just flat out apply it to the next. I had to adapt and first of all, learn, where's the gap? What's actually needed here, right? And that is what defined product management for me.
1: Uh, I, yes, uh, completely and totally. I actually was writing some stuff down that you were saying, because it, it, you know, the, the concept of so many people with a title product manager not doing product management. And again, I think it gets back to a lack of clear definition of what product management is. Steve and I talked about it earlier this week. You ask a leadership team or anybody at a pr- consumer goods company or pharmaceutical company what a brand manager does, Everybody knows what a brand manager does, right? It's very clear, uh, but they're not sure otherwise. Steve, uh, development had forty fi- percent uh, of the vote, along with other. It depends. Marketing at twenty percent. You know, are you going to de- go with leadership, development, marketing, sales? Or are you going to sort of triple down on May's product?
2: Well, no. I want to come at it in a different direction. I, I think the thing we just said. About uh, product managers focusing most of their energies on development is evidenced by that poll. Yep. Right. the 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 biggest area of difficulty is working with development, and uh, we have seen a number of uh, articles and uh, thought leaders saying that product ops is really strategic product manager. And as you just said a moment ago, we've worked with companies where the the product leader will say to us, half the people here with product management titles are not doing product management. And half half of the people who are doing product management don't have the title product management. (laughs) And uh, in doing, you know, roles and responsibilities, we often see that we've got UX doing product management, we've got product management doing UX. Uh, We've got product management doing sales engineering, and sales engineering or sales is trying to do road mapping. You know, it's like there are just, it's so weird because I I think we four have a very clear understanding of the scope of product management. Um, And yet everyone else seems to, to be defining product management through their own lens. If I go to a sales guy and say, what does product management do? They'll say they help me close deals. Or they give me sales enablement tools that are worthless. Um, We go to development and they say they read aloud to me from Jira. You know, we go to marketing and they say, you bring me words. You know, everybody's got their own perspective. Um, And I think product management has done a very poor job of communicating its importance and its um, scope. Above and below us in the organization.
1: completely. And right, I think right.
2: your poll indicates that too many product managers think of themselves as adjunct to development as opposed to at the hub of executive sales, marketing, support, services, and so forth.
1: Uh, I agree completely. Uh, wow, this conversation so all of the is- above. Yeah, just through the poll, we're, we're, I mean, this has been a long conversation. I do want to ask one of the Friday questions. What are the biggest, and I I think we've been talking about this throughout, you know, I think Steve, you just did a whole answer on this. I should have probably pulled it up before that, but, you know, what are the biggest barriers to product management empowering the organization? And what you just said is that there's not a clear understanding of either we fail as product management, product leaders to define a, what product management is the value, and get the organization aligned around that, or senior leadership doesn't back that up and support it. Uh, I, I, you know. and or
2: senior leadership doesn't know it either. I mean,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, to kind of preview what we might talk about next week, many product leaders don't have product. Many heads of product management don't have product management experience. I mean, I can't fathom a sales organization that would have a VP that had never sold before.
1: yeah, yeah. i I, I, I did see one big company where the head of h r. was a salesperson. But at least if you're have grown up the ladder as a leader, you're working with H r and you're doing h r things, and you understand the importance of it. but you're you're right. It, it, and I think that or is that, that
2: a sales guy can do anything?
1: Or it could be that, too. Uh, The barriers are also, to your point, we we focus maybe too much on development, right? Mm -hmm. Which goes into this thought that we are this servant, too, versus uh, a partner of the whole entire organization. Right. Uh, Right. Meg?
0: I think the biggest barrier is what Marco said. Um, It is the strategic alignment piece, because we can do all we want, but if your strategic direction keeps changing, there is is nothing you can do to keep it stable. Like, you know, empowerment requires a lot of circumstances underneath it, and most of which is stability and also understanding where you're going, right? Because like you can empower people but then they leave and you got to rebuild that culture you got to rebuild that that like understanding this is what we can do here
3: um
0: and you you can't do that without without that very important strategic alignment
1: yeah uh uh completely completely and totally uh and you know i guess Saying strategic alignment assumes that you have a strategy, uh, which I think is one of the biggest problems out there. Marco, may just all your answer or or repurposed your answer from the poll for the answer for this question. Any other thoughts on the biggest barriers to empowering the organization?
3: i mean first of all to add to what what may said i mean part of it i i always uh, I've, I've got this metaphor of the fish right they always say a fish rots from the head i mean so it's always like leadership where some of the problems start but when it comes to the strategy it's the same thing if you look at a fish every time it sees a shiny object and changes direction the head is doing far less movement than the tail and the tail is where the rest of the organization is so every time there is a slight movement of the fish going in a different direction the rest of the body has to do all the other work. Much work, exactly. And, and catch up to that. And of course, it's always going to be a lag. So uh, by the time that they've, they've caught up to that already, the fish has changed directions again. So it's one, that is one thing. And the other one of, of course, is not just having leadership that has a clearly defined strategy and understands that it takes the organization some time to move to that strategy in line with it, but it's also product management having leaderships ba- or Leadership having product management's back. Yep. Because I've seen it very often too. And again, I've been on the receiving end of that too, where I did do a kickoff and I aligned everybody on the strategy and where we're going, but leadership then ultimately didn't take to that. They, They changed direction again and they didn't have my back when it comes to explaining to the rest of the organization, why did we change direction again? So it came down to me to go back to everybody and say, well, what I told you yesterday is completely moot. We have to do it over again, right? And it's not leadership then explaining it to people. It's the product managers explaining that to the rest of the organization. So again, having, having leadership have our back, I think that's a huge barrier.
1: Well, that first of all, your fish analogy. Oh my God, I never thought of it that way, but it is so real, right? Uh, it's easy for leadership to make a change, a pivot, without thinking about the impact on the whole organization. Uh, and and I completely agree. There is a fish called a muskelung, a musky that is spineless, and maybe that's the problem. Is most leadership <laughs> is are muskelungs, they're muskies, they're spineless fish. They don't care about the rest of. Uh, sorry, I digress. They sound like Steve talking about uh, sales. Uh, gosh. yeah. Steve, any last thoughts on on this on the empowering barriers? I mean, you started, I want to give you a chance before we move on to our wrap up.
2: No, I I, uh, I guess I have one more extension of of the 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 Marco story uh, in that um, one sentence from an executive, is months of work for everyone else yeah and that's why they should not be allowed to read airline magazines
1: or golf with their buddies fair
0: enough
1: (laughs) all right uh time for our takeaways what's your biggest learning or takeaway from this conversation marco i'm going
3: to start with you why did i get into product management (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, just joking. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say it's, it's definitely, um, it's communication. Uh, communication is absolutely key. And having these conversations with all the different departments, making sure that people are aligned. Now, don't just assume that people understand the strategy, ensure they understand the strategy. I,
1: I like that. That's great. It's on us to make sure of this. May?
0: I think we need to talk to everyone else a lot more. I mean, like, it, it might be, I think there's like a um cultural issue within the product management domain, which is we work with developers, we work with designers, and it's like, no, you work with the whole org. Like, let, mm-hmm. how, how do we shift this mindset a little bit more? Because oftentimes, working with the whole org is like a product leadership problem, but it's not. Yeah. It's a product management problem.
1: I love that. Steve. Brilliant.
2: Well, I'm reminded of, uh, in one case, I did a presentation, I think, I'm pretty sure it was to sales of product strategy, roadmap, you know, positioning, who we are, who we aren't. And I got a call from finance. And I said, the the CFO said, I heard you have this really good corporate strategy presentation. And I'm like, well, actually, it's like a product strategy presentation. He's like, That'll work too. Could you come speak to my people? And I'm like, why in the hell do they care? I mean, don't they just type a bunch of things on keyboards and run? I don't know spreadsheets. And he's like, well, you know, we work here too. And so I ended up going to H uh, to to finance and doing this presentation. And then I got a call from HR, and they're like, well, we want that presentation too. And before I knew it, I had taken this product strategy presentation to every department in the company and it became a quarterly thing. Uh, And I had not thought of that story until, you know, some of uh, the comments that May and Marco have made. Um, It's it's not glue, it's empowering every organization and inspiring every organization within the company.
1: We're catalysts, right? We are people who can help people go, Faster, further, better, right? we are we are food. we We give them food and contact. I think my biggest takeaway is that, boy, we got a lot of work to do, don't we, with product management and product leadership? Uh, you know, there is a void right now, I think there's a gap uh, in defining what product management is and should be and the value it creates uh, and helping the organization understand that. And to May's point from the poll, helping us understand that and believe in it, right? Until we understand and define ourselves to ourselves and put the effort into ourselves to empower ourselves, how can we expect to do it for the rest of the organization? Uh, mm-hmm. and I think I think that's a big challenge we have ahead of us.
2: Yeah, if the parents can't agree on things, how are the kids going to know what's going on?
1: Uh, wow. I know every week I say the same thing, but every week <laughs> it's true. What a wonderful conversation. Uh, May and Marco, oh my God, you guys have me, you have my mind so energized right now. You've empowered me with some of the stuff you brought to the table today. Steve, you always empower me and my thoughts. And wow, what a great conversation. Thank you guys for an amazing thing sort of as tangential Steve and I have sort of done a little prelude to this in some of the conversation next week topic next week's topic is product leadership in crisis uh, Steve sent a potential question said where have all the product leaders gone and in my head I started thinking Bonnie Tyler's where have all the heroes gone from holding out for a hero but you know, there seems to be a lack of product leadership. Even product leaders themselves aren't sure what they should be and could be doing to do this. And so next week, we're going to talk about product leadership in crisis. Uh, and I think it's a perfect uh, tangent and follow-up from the conversation we just had. So uh, look forward to that conversation next week. Uh, God, part of me wants to to lock it down just to the four of us because it was such a vital conversation this week. I really appreciate that. Uh, But we do this as part of the community. Hopefully we'll get some more voices into the conversation next week. Uh, Every week, Monday, uh, the question goes in. Wednesday, well, actually it didn't go in this week because of the holidays, it went on Tuesday. But in Wednesday, the poll and Friday, these amazing conversations. So guys, thank you so much. I'll see everybody next week in the community. Have a great weekend, everybody. You too. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the top of the week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.